Just mellow. Welcome to the ball. And um, it's, uh, but it is really comforting to, um, you know, speak about this stuff with people. And I love, this is my, this is my, this is where my headspace dwells a lot. As soon um, as I knew Josh was coming on as a guest, I knew we'd get into this. Well, I, <laughs> and I you already knew it. So you signed up. You already picked the topic by selecting the guest. All right. Oh, a hundred percent. I, we um, could talk. I've done it before and I'll do it on the podcast. Josh and I have talked about this kind of stuff for hours at a time. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, Kyle. I, I mean, you've been such a good sport. Like, uh, like the second you get on, Jacob has me cost you about the, the 432 hertz. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I feel like we have to talk to, like, I don't know what time we've got, but I feel like we've got to talk about something fun you know fun i i mean i was i legit actually thought about a um a topic to speak about before and then i just got leapt into 432 and you know philosophy and then i was like oh shit we're in my element i'm excited but um i i'm because i was just thinking about i was like what do i want to talk about like let's talk about video games and burnout (laughs) you know yeah but I mean, feel free to explore that because I've been I was going to talk about how I've been feeling burnout for a game. Oh, well, I was experiencing burnout for a game that I dearly loved Dude, burnout um, in life. How about that? Damn. All right. Mello's Jacob, just Jacob, on. no, no, no. We've, we You're... spiraled him, dude. He's like, it's Let's a hard bends. Jacob, come back up. <sighs> you, yeah, you were talking about the bends with 432. and then you chose to drive down this rapid hole that's like that's like sub 500 feet dog like you got to be careful where you're going on that one fuck yeah there's there's probably people who would like and there's people who probably listen to this and probably haven't made it this far because they're just like fuck dude i don't want to fucking think about this shit i'm out I'm sure there's a shit ton of people who are going to listen to it only because it makes them mad because they have a million things to say on it and they never get Dude, the that was the, that was the esports podcast. The one Don't that even, I was the one that I wasn't there for cuz I it wasn't so much for your for your mentality on siege. Like I gave you shit for it, but it wasn't like it wasn't terrible. Like you were expressing your perspective on it, right? And yeah. how you seeing things. Yeah. Um, and obviously perspectives differ person to person. I was just talking about, man, if I was on with the podcast with Derek, I feel like we would have just vibed for like an hour. And I was kind of upset that I didn't get to vibe with this man. Um, but Kyle, would you believe that Derek is one of my oldest friends? I, I well, considering the fact that you said you went over to his house when he was recording a CSGO video. Yeah, I could believe that. But prior to that knowledge, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, I guess that's true. Yeah. See, I've had I've had this caliber of conversations with Derek. He's great for this shit. Right. But okay, okay, what where where do your opinions differ on Siege? Like what do you think that Siege is is going in a better direction? Do you think it's not dying out? Well or what take did you disagree with? My 
my uh take this, this is good because this because since we're both we both have strong and kind of f fully formulated opinions we can go back and forth more than last right. time yeah that's true because you had right. you, you were nothing. only speaking about siege and then you know he's only speaking about csgo and you guys yeah. have like minor to little knowledge about each other's worlds right um yeah so i spoke about in my stream lately about how i felt like my information was outdated um in terms of like because i've 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 found siege i loved siege i dedicated myself to improving on siege i played competitively and then uh now i just find myself teaching people how to play siege and coaching teams um and i felt like my knowledge was outdated because how the game transformed uh it was no longer because people's aim got better and people figured out how to play the mechanic the game better mechanically before when people were still figuring out how to play the game mechanically and they weren't you know pitch perfect every single time you actually had to win with strategy you had to win with a buddy next to you if you peed he, you you ain't if he peed you aimed his dick like it had to be <laughs> like that it had to be a cohesive unit and you uh... had to have each other's backs and i like i've lost that like i have no people now barely any people that i can go into around with and i know 100 percent i will have his back no matter what through thick and thin you know and he will have mine and i don't even have to think about it um and like just, they just don't exist anymore and every time i've tried to teach somebody in the last year i've just watched them transform into another mindless fragger <laughs> and mm -hmm. and like like thunderbird is a great example I love the guy a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I trained him. He, we, he, I trained him when he played underneath me as like when I was his IGL and he loved it. He absolutely loved it because I brought that old siege energy to the game and the cohesive and the comp competitive style of it. And, you know, and he loved it and I kept training him and then he went off to play comp and then he just kept falling into these entry frag roles until eventually he just became a solo fragger that complained about his teammates not doing work. And that's and that's where he finds himself. He can't enjoy the game anymore because he just tries to frag out. He puts so much pressure on himself because he thinks he's playing a solo game and that's what it's become. And the meta shifted because of operators where you have to play as a team because there's so many operators that with um with information traps and well information is the biggest one and utility that you can't play as a solo player anymore because there's too much to fight against you can't do it alone you have to have your friend next to you and people don't know how to do that anymore so they just rely on peaking thing everything mechanically and winning their gunfights do you and... think kyle that 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 shift from from you know, from de-emphasizing the solo play and mm. sort of incentivizing the team play, is that something the developers had in mind? Or definitely, they they the developers definitely go about this game uh, for the most part with pro league in mind. Um, yeah, and they you know how every every single operator because yeah. think of an, it was every, built to be a competitive shooter, right? And every operator, think of every operator as a tool on a, you know, in a tool shed, right? Every operator does a different job and it does it slightly differently. You might have the square nose shovel and you have the spade shovel. They both dig, but you want one for different things, right? So that's yeah. how the, that's how the developers eventually uh, uh, have built this game. And, um, and so, but they have thrown in little sprinkles of ranked solo play 
i.e. Okay, now now follow up though Amaru. before we move on. Yep. Go on. Has it worked? Have they have they achieved what they have thought to do? Um no yes, be- I mean I would say like yes and no. It's just yeah. so crazy. Because those people who I'm talking about who became experts at mechanical gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. They can kill the person who can think strategically but can't aim as well. So what happens is they end up replacing the smarter player in Pro League. And the smarter mm-hmm. player in Pro League can no longer perform because he's not perfect mechanically. Yeah, because he can't like quickly in 30 times a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Okay, so who wins? A team of solo fraggers or a team that works well together with worth aim? I if it's if it's completely cohesive, it's if it's a per you know, if it's the perfect solo fraggers versus the perfect cohesive team in siege, the perfect cohesive team wins. Yeah. But but it's also incredibly unpredictable. Yeah, siege yeah, is so I, many see, variables. This is one thing that I've sort of that's sort of the, the idea that I've gotten from the way you guys have been talking about it, is that Siege is really, you can't predict it, and it's kind of, right. is it more RNG? Like, are there, no. here's the question, are there, um, uh, what's it called in CS? Uh, are there, you know how you fucking have to move your mouse in a certain direction when, when you're going full auto? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's stuff yeah, like Jacob, that. What's that called? Spray control? Sprays, yeah. Yeah, the thing with Siege, well, the one thing that's really, really different from CSGO is that uh, any any gun in the entire game is an instant headshot. Pistols, uh, sniper rifles, ARs, SMGs, everything is an instant headshot. So you're highly incentivized to get good at aiming and hit people on the head. Like when you, like a common phrase people say a lot is like, just click heads, idiot. (laughs) <laughs> or like yeah. just like yeah just hit him in the head dude and see the way okay siege is like the way i see it it's a lawless wasteland uh <laughs> the attack the attacking team what their job the perfect cohesive attacking team what their job is to do is they have to get control of wherever they want to get control of a specific room a specific part of the map a specific place area whatever and they need to get control and know exactly what's going on right there and they establish themselves. So you, uh, the attackers, maybe they want to get this one specific room or two rooms next to each other or whatever. You want to clear those rooms out and you use your drones and all your utility or whatever you need to do. And you take those rooms and then you have people watching the flanks and you have a claymore on the door and you have all this stuff. And it's like, okay, we have control. We have what we need to further the attack we use like these two rooms and we branch off from there and then we initiate a take or set up for a site take or whatever and it's it's all about control and it's i don't know it's just it uh, you never see that happening as much as you'd like yeah yeah that's cohesive it sounds like that's the beauty of the game but yeah well that's how it was designed to be but now nowadays you can be yeah, you can be doing that, but you'll still die to the random dude who's in a who's in the thirty first place, the thirty first corner in that room. And when you check the first thirty, and he's crouching up and down thirty times a second, and he has ridiculous spray control, and he hits three people in the head in two seconds. You know? Yeah. Huh. So the the reason why you know you you asked about if it's RNG, right? 
So mm-hmm. here's why it's not RNG. The only RNG is is whether or not your headshot registers, but that's an age-old <laughs> thing. That's literally been yeah. since the game started the game, and it's only gotten like way better, right? Like hit reg is infinitely better than where it was when it started, right? I still have oh, headshots like, not register like, every oh, night. Yeah. Um, but the, what they the, just yeah, you shoot happened? them in the head, blood comes out, and then they just they walk away, and nothing happens. Yeah. Holy and shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, I, I if mean, you ask any, if you ask while. any age old, any siege player who's played, you know, before year three, yeah. and even on, they they have a library of failed headshot collection. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just because they don't do it anymore, because you know they like change something about the animation and how player models reacted to getting shot in the head. But literally, you used to shoot someone in the head, and their back, you should do, like, a full 90 degree the other way. And they would be, like, looking straight at the sky. And it would be like, this person killed you. And it zoomed in on this person with their back broken. And it's like, <laughs> what? Because you killed them. Yeah, because you killed them. And it's like, boop, F12, oh that's a screenshot, dog. Um, yeah. and, um, and so stuff like that. But that's the, that's the only RNG part of it. The reason why there's so many variables in Siege is because you have one bomb site. And because of the destructibility and siege, the floors, the ceiling, the walls, you have one bomb site, and you have a it's it's technically an infinite amount of possibilities, but let's just say a million possibilities for that ex- single bomb site due to just individual player decisions. A round yeah. will never be the and, same. And I mean individual the, and and like the setup at the beginning, like the the operators that you pick, like. You've got an right. infinite number of combinations for right. them, basically. Huh? And like how to do it and what holes to make and how you want to set it up. And so there's an inf- there's, bas- there's basically an infinite number of you know possibilities for a single bomb site. Now there's nine maps and there's three bomb sites, four bomb sites per map. So you have an infinite number of possibilities just due to individual player decisions. It's a ton of decision making, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's and you know I say I say to people. Operator select is rock, paper, scissors. This operator beats this operator, this operator beats this operator, and you try to take the operators to, you know, win the other team to have like the operators. Pokemon. You guys were right. talking yeah, Pokemon no. the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's operator select. And then once you get in the game, I always think of the game as it's chess, but with guns. <laughs> yeah. You have to position the people you have, and that's the IGL's, uh, that's their job. And, and it's the same thing as CS. And there's 60 different pieces, and all 60 pieces move differently, and the board is 100 spaces wide. Yeah. As an IGL, you have to basically picture yourself as a bird's eye view, and you have to keep in, you know, you have to keep in consideration where all your teammates are at, what you need to take control of, where the enemy is at, and what information your teammates are relaying to you. And then second, thirdly of that, the utility that your teammates have in your pocket because you called them out of what the operators you wanted, and then you have to direct your teammates to use their op- their operator's utility in a specific way so you can forward your attack and execute on the site. And so, um, but where was I going with that? There was something I was. It's a fucking lot to know, boy. I, there is a lot to know, and that's why that's why I have a deep appreciation for the game. And it's literally why it's inked on my chest, and I yeah. bring that up. It like a lot in a lot of conversations whenever I talk about siege, because as the, I I was the IGL, so as an IGL, you have to have clear headed decision making. You can never be panicked because if you're panicked, you won't call as well. You'll panic your teammates and you break morality. 
and you break morale for mm -hmm. your teammates because mentality is a huge part because if people feel bad, they make crap decisions. So you have to boost their morale as well. And so, yeah, um, and it's and and it's a game where you can in any instant you can make 15 different decisions on how, what you're going to do in the next instant and 10 of those are going to save your life and five of those are going to kill you. Right. And so See, Kyle, it is a, it, it is a shame that you weren't on that episode with Derek because he has fully I'm sure he would have the a, position yeah. of IGL for so long and I and I I mean I don't know. I haven't It's a lifestyle, like, honestly. I haven't been at the yeah. same level of Derek for ages, but I I suck but, at IGLing. I tried it. I sucked at it. The biggest thing with IGLing is having patience. You cannot let a round get to your head. You can't let it anger you. You have to continue on because people are looking to you for leadership. Secondly, you have to be able to, hand <clears throat> to handle people's mistakes without breaking their morale. You have to be able to tell somebody what they did wrong without making them fucking pissed off at you and breaking team morality because you need all the people to be you know, working with you. And so you can't get tilted. You have to make clear-headed <clears throat> clear decisions constantly. And that legit transferred over into my real life and made me a better person. And so, and that's why I like mementoed it and put it on myself. Um, but it just, it's the, so all that information I just relayed to you, right? And we, Melo and I relayed to you about how see the beauty of Siege and to just go, imagine going into each game, knowing the possibilities, knowing the potential that game has to offer you. And just simply getting wiped out who shot by someone who shoots a gun better than you do. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. nowadays nowadays I just find Siege so so frustrating because I played on a competitive team for a long time. And once you start playing other competitive teams, you you kind of understand the competitive mentality that you can predict and understand what the other what the enemy team is gonna do a lot more like lucidly, because everybody you know what level they're at. You know what somebody who's going to make the right decision is going to do because you, you both, as the attacker and defender, know what the right decision is for both people so you can predict it a little bit more. And then it's like going from that back to like casual ranked stuff. I just get frustrated all the time because the, the defenders will do something like blatantly stupid in my eyes because it's like if this were competitive, they would get run over in two seconds if they did that. But then it's like it works because it's just so random and unpredictable. Now I don't know how to react to this. And it's and like maybe get... they're good fraggers or one or two of them. Yeah. And yeah. it's like I'll pre-fire an angle that the best, you know, a really good gunner would hold this angle because this is the best angle. But but these guys aren't going to hold the best angles because they don't know it. So now I have to be pre-firing 10 different angles even the worst ones to hold because I have no idea where these people are. It's just so unpredictable. And that's why it's so frustrating to me, at least. Okay. So I have, I have a little, little tiny bit of conflict context for this. In CS, when I used to play, I would, I never, I never got good, like aim. Mm. I never developed my aim, <clears throat> but I developed game sense and mm. I got, some like you know i i got that feel for the map i got the, the game sense and i i knew where people would be and i like like i i got the advantage on people because i knew smokes and i knew like right you know i i i, I knew the game a little them. bit better than they did yeah i and and derek taught me a lot of that shit like right but but uh <laughs> 
it was so frustrating that I could be like Gold Nova something or other. Um, and, you know, in, in rank play, and then I'd, I'd go off for a week or two and I need to catch back up to it. But in the meantime, while I'm trying to catch up, like, I'm playing against Silvers and, and they're beating me. And, and, you know, this is the same in the rank play. They're beating me and they're getting, they're getting kills against me because you're adjusting for have, the higher rank and you're not adjusting for like they have unpredictability because they don't know it yet exactly so, like, exactly you, you and also they're them. better they're better like like they've got better reaction time and they can shoot better than i they're ever better did. gunners they're better gunners yeah so the the problem that i have with you know so mellow's mentality is a mentality that i preach a lot not to have um because Wait, in, like what in, I'm saying in, in the when you're talking, you're talking, no, no, you're talking about like this is the gun angle the best gunner would hold because that's the you know, statistically and statistically a success that is the best angle to hold, right? You mm-hmm. don't, you don't, um, expose yourself, and oftentimes you're only showing a pixel of yourself and you have the entire angle you're holding, right? Mm-hmm. The beauty in Siege is there's no wrong answer, you can't do something wrong. There's only, in, you remember how I said there's an infinite number of possibilities based on player decisions? Well, because of ranks and how statistically things have worked out, right? There is now a narrow scope of the quote unquote best things to do because it works time and time again, right? So people narrow this infinite possibility scope to a few hundred or thousand scenarios because that's the best thing to do, right? It's the one that works the most that they've learned right however that you don't you should never narrow your scope because narrowing your scope makes you predictable and so do unpredictable things never get caught in a pattern and so those silvers can kill diamonds because they're prone in the middle of the fucking room <laughs> like with no cover at all but the diamond is aiming at the, the, you know, the pixel and then aiming at the person who has cover and then aiming at the bomb to see if someone's peeking over the bomb. But this dude's like, oh, hello. Right. And then he'll kill him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Does that make the, does that make the diamond bad? No, the silver just didn't do something that was that the diamond was accounting for. So by yeah, that, it's something any skilled player right? could learn from, I'm sure. So. You have like that's the thing, like people narrow their scope of possibility. But if you want to continue, if you want to expand and do better as a player, throw that out the window and do random ass shit because it works. And then people are going to call you, like, dude, what is this idiot thinking? It's because nobody ever thinks about it because they're not thinking to do that. (laughs) They're thinking, why would he peek this when he, why would he swing it when he should just be holding angle, you know, just waiting for me? Well, because you didn't predict that, and then he beat you because of that. You have to account for unpredictability, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and that's 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 a beauty in siege because there's a lot of you know I'm sure in CS:GO too with competitive any competitive game, there's a constant plague of backseat gamers, right? Backseat yeah. gamers, like this is what you should have done. This is what you should have done. This is what you should have done. I but mean, I mean, but, expectation after you're dead is like built in, right? But they're dumb, right? Because there is no right answer. Anybody, they can do whatever they want and still come out on top, right? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. like, it's like that's the real beauty scene that unpredictability it favors unpredictability and favors you being weird. Um, and so, the really top players 
are just, you know, people who have learned the best things to do, but they just do fucking weird shit and they're really good at gunning. And Sounds so fun, honestly. Yeah. Like and, you know, my my impression of Siege has always been that it just it's a fun game to play. Because there is so much to experience in it. You know, yeah. and where Sears go, like, I mean, I was limited by the amount of time I could put in. I was limited by my hardware, but but really I think what held me back was that I just, you know, I saw the way it was going and I wasn't into it. Right. And but but Siege is really interesting because there, you know, I, I feel like you don't know what way it's gonna go ever, you know? You it's it's yeah. It seems like a changing atmosphere for sure. Doing it this way, you know, the IGL or the five different players that are on the five different players that are on a team, when they spawn into a map as the defender, the map is the canvas, and they have to paint this canvas however they wish. They can destroy, they can build, they can rework this canvas however they would like to where they see fit as the best possible scenario for them using their utility, using their shotguns, using their guns, anything. Then the attackers spawn in and they see this canvas and they have to figure out how the best way they can deconstruct what the attackers and defenders have built with the utility they have in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And they have to decide what their best course of action is. So they, the, they've built this huge elaborate fortress in this canvas of a map, this painting of a map, and the attackers have to look at it and deconstruct it in a way that is most efficient and gets to the point. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful game that has, you know, during casual, normal rank play and stuff like that, just turned into um, like an unrecognizable atrocity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, see, that's the thing, is that it just seems like a beautiful game. And, you know, from... What I got from the episode with Jake, Jacob and Derek and Steve is that, um, is that it it's dying. Like like Jacob and and Kyle. Like what like, what do you what do you have to say about that? It's not dying statistically. Statistically, it is not dying. I think it saw a big drop, um, like a twelve percent drop in player base, uh, this season. Yep. Um, or like in the last month, right? Which is a big, which is big. It hasn't been that you know big drop, but there's been bigger. There's been bigger drops before in like previous you know years and months. The difference is is that people like Mello and myself, I all of my old veteran buddies do not play this game anymore. I have no old friends that I play with anymore. The, yeah, me the neither. People, the people that I play with are people that I've met within the last two seasons of play. Yep. And I'm I'm stoked when I get to play with somebody who's played before year four, and like, mm. be, it's so it's not dying. But from our perspective, old the breed of older player is dying, if not yeah. like on its like dead, like on its deathbed, basically. And that's why Mello probably perceives it as dying, because like the last spark of hope, right? The old buddies you used to play with, the memories that you used to have, you know, they've all moved on they're on different games and you're sit there with siege and you just you know you're either still playing the game wishing that it was the you know the game you remember or you've changed and you play the new version of the game you know 
So, so is like, there a spark of hope to be found in the newer, probably younger generation of players? <sighs> I search for it. I search for it through my teaching. People, because people, um, they get they get exposed to me, and I like to get out there. I like to see new players, right? And they often, they know, they'll ask me to teach them, and so that's where that's where I still get my true enjoyment from Siege is by teaching other people how to play siege the way i know to play siege and um and within the last year i can say i i've have not the 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 student base that i've had has not the same breed as they used to be <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just no. The dynamic definitely changed, and the way people think about this game is changed. And I, it's it's hard for me to even like because the way I think about this game, it isn't something you can train into someone. It's somebody that you have. It's some you have to present all these different things and in front of them, and then they have to realize it for themselves. It's never something you can give to somebody. It's something they have to give to themselves. But you just like nudge them along, and like maybe they'll fall into it, right? But they can completely completely miss the point. And I have I've not had somebody, um, you know, come back to me like with the same mentality that I did. It just and it's IGLs alone are hard to find. They're a rare breed of person as it is. And then I just feel like old mentality competitive players are a dying breed as well. Yeah. And so that's why that's why on my stream I had a little bit of a you know I I like a little bit of an emotional moment on my on my end for that stream because I just like I came to a realization that like my knowledge and how I believe this game like is come to an end like it just isn't relevant enough because if I give if I tell you how to play cohesively with the guy next to you and I teach you how to be synergetic with him and I teach you the operators and what they should be used for and then you take it and then you just get dumpstered on by some dude running the G8, which is the best weapon in the game. And none of it worked for you. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't, you, yeah. you don't the, the, the environment that you have to take my knowledge into and actually train yourself to use it, it's such a hostile environment for my knowledge that you're, you're going to give up on it because you don't see the merit in it. Right? Because you have yeah. to, you have to practice this stuff. You have to practice, like you have to practice your smokes in CS:GO. You have to practice pushing with, you know, fragging. You have to practice, you know, all this how you work with your the buddy next to you. But in Siege, it just doesn't foster that mentality anymore. And so yeah. I feel like a lot of my, you know, someone I, I might give somebody. Yeah, that's why I find on. it frustrating because I was born into. I didn't even start playing the game a lot until I was already in like a high level of mentality. I, I was. A very, I played very sparsely, and then when I actually started playing, I only got good by the time I was already flirting with like competitive teams. So that's like all I know, and that's all I like look for. And now, like Kyle said, that sort of mentality, that sort of gameplay is gone. So it's like that. That was where I started playing. That's how I learned. And now it's just like I find it just like so frustrating because I expect. I expect a round to go like this, and but then there's just that random kid in that random corner with the best gun in the game, and he just dumpsters on four people because why not? You know, it's a cycle. Yeah, the cycle so of is the onus more on the devs or more on the the new community that's coming up? Both, kind I'd of, say. kind of both. Yeah, it's because, because go ahead, Mila. 
And I mean, the, the devs change the meta so much just based on even tiny tweaks change the meta, like a single operator losing, going from frag grenades to uh, flashbang grenades, you know, uh, Buck, for example, just a single operator losing uh, frag grenades is like huge impact on the meta because you're going to see less people playing Buck and then more people playing Sledge. But then if Sledge is being played, more people are going to play this or that or that. And it's like the, there's always like these little changes that affect the meta so completely and then the player base reacts and then they change like the devs change the meta kind of butterfly and, effect type yeah shit. like the devs change the meta like um what like what what's the word i don't want to say objectively but like the devs change the the meta like factually and it's like this is a fact that this is different and then the player base takes it and changes and the meta changes even further based on just the way people adapt to it and react what, to that change yeah. What really changes the meta currently is changes that have to do with kill potential. Um, because you talked, Melo just spoke about frag grenades versus flashes. Flashes have their place, they have their utility, and they do are they are useful. Mm-hmm. But why would I do that when I can just take an explosive that fucking ex- kills somebody? Yeah. Right. And then the more the one I really want to touch on, recoil changes, damage changes. You change one recoil pattern for a single weapon you will see everybody fucking running that weapon yep. because it's a laser beam now and they don't have to compensate for any recoil or you change the damage and suddenly pipe people die. People die way faster. And those are the real changes that are being, you know, that the, that the player base takes and explodes into the entire meta. The yeah. G8 got changed minorly. It was a, it was a change to the damage and recoil pattern of it. And suddenly it's everywhere. The best weapon in the game, hands down. There's no recoil. It's an A. It's basically an AR because it has angled grip, so it has fast ADS time, and it reloads like an AR. But it has a 50 magazine, 50 round magazine. What le- legitimately? What is the downside of that? And it's got a <laughs> RPM of 900. Yeah. Why would you pick that? Why would why wouldn't you pick that over the guy who's bringing way more utility, but he's got a damage of, he's got less damage. And he's got an RPM of 600, right? And he doesn't have a 50, you know, round magazine. Literally, there's no point. So the whole player base just goes to the, you know, the better weapon. And that's what really influences the meta right now. Damage changes and kill potential changes. And so people take new operators that, again, they add a new tool to your lineup, a new tool to use for, you know, your strategic and you know, tactical takes. And people do do it. The meta does change that way, but it doesn't nearly feel as impactful as when they take frag grenades or they give frag grenades to somebody or they yeah. give weapon buffs, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, mm. how, how much of a change was there in between when the F2 got nerfed or buffed or when they took Buck's nades or when they buffed Yang to Oblivion compared to Oryx entering the game or, like... um yeah. Some of, the, some of these other Yana. Yana's a great example. Yana is literally Yana, yeah. some of the best information you'll have, and it's repeating information. It's literally a, a human drone that can just walk into anywhere and gather all information. And you can have a person, and it acts like a normal person. It sounds like a normal person. So you can just have your second guy who has a real weapon go right behind him, right? Mm-hmm. Go right behind him, and you have the best information in the game. But is anyone user? No. Nope. They would rather use Ying, who her candelas, which are just huge flashbangs, 
and they are super consistent and they blind literally everybody. So why would you pick the Yana who has drone who can repeat her drone and constantly bring new people in? So they like as Melo said, take that room that they need to take, you know, have control so they can execute on the site. Why would they do that when they can just fucking throw three super flashbangs in blind everyone walk in and kill everyone? What's the incentive? Yeah, or like Amaru. Yeah. Amaru's stupid. Her, her the change was it's, good for her character. So but how I, the player base did it was I can get in anywhere super fast and fucking kill three people without them ever being able to retaliate. That happened to be literally last night I was playing a game. Amaru just Amaru for, for um, context has a grappling hook basically, so she can grapple up onto ledges, through windows. Um, really fast, and fun. <laughs> and it, and she can be in sight within ten seconds of like a round starting, and it's like she could do that and then kill three defenders who are still setting up their defense. They're still reinforcing walls. They're still putting down their utility. And Amara's just uh, grappling hook go, and she's in sight and she kills four people. And why? Yeah. And it's like, why wouldn't you do that as opposed to having five people slowly and methodically take map control over two and a half minutes, you know? Yeah, it so. sounds like kind of a, a an intersection of uh, um, an operator and, and map design, huh? It's crazy. No, I wouldn't say map design because no? Amaru was not picked a month ago. Not at all. You no. know why? Because when she entered a window... There was a half second delay between when she entered the window and when she could pull up her gun to fire. So people, she her she she's based off the element surprise, right? And so she didn't. I guess that's kind of a buff debuff, like, like right. classic balance. Huh? So what they did was they changed her where she comes through the window and she makes barely any noise because she doesn't break the window until her body is literally in the window. And then her gun is up within a quarter of a second, ready to murk you. And the weapons that they gave her are the best weapons in the game. And mm. so if they so like, again, they changed her kill potential and her pick rate skyrocketed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. See, they've got so much data to. To respond to like, like. The second no, they I'm make a change, like have they got test servers? Like they do have test servers, but yep. not, it's never it's never going to be enough. And like the change isn't like the 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 change in meta isn't as blaring enough to warrant changing it before test server because it's you're going to the test server, right? You're going to try all the mm -hmm. new and the newest and greatest. They know the latest and the greatest, so they have all this exaggerated data of people just spamming the new stuff because they want to try it. So how do you, right. how, you know, like, how do you incentive to, yeah. To and how do you differentiate story. between the people just picking the latest and the greatest and this shit's overpowered as fuck. How do you differentiate when the numbers are always going to be super high because it's the latest and the greatest and it's a test server. You're not yeah. going to know until it goes live. And do Another, they often go back from a, a release or, or is it they have, it's out they there have out there? not, not as often as they should. Yeah. Like I would feel like they're I, I feel like they should take away Amaru's claws, basically. Take away the best weapons in the game and give her lower RPM, lower damage weapons. Watch her pick rate fucking drop to nothing. Because people can't win gunfights. 
because they're gun. She has the element of surprise. Why are you giving her the best element, the best weapon to surprise somebody with? If she has the surprise, she shouldn't need the best weapon in the game to kill somebody. She should have the element of surprise. It's almost it's almost similar to Jaeger. All of the buffs and nerfs to him. They've spent so much fucking effort trying to balance Jaeger. It's ridiculous. And so yeah, that's our. That's and uh, you, you, Josh, for for listeners, right? Because Spotify, Josh has put in there <laughs> this feeling, the vibe of the video is Fortnite actually overrated, and three kids discussing it over a couch, right? And yeah, classic. You're like, that. it's you're not fucking wrong, right? <laughs> and this is and this is why, like I said, that I had a lot to talk about when it was on, you know, the the esports podcast, um, but. You know, we're kind of like we're rehashing it, reminiscing it with a mix of trying to make sure that the person who doesn't know fucking shit about Siege can still kind of follow what we're talking about. But we're we're basically shit's fucked, mate. We're airing out the follow, and I've only played it like a few times because my mom has a copy of the game. We're airing grievances, yeah, but never be sad. It's over. Be happy that it happened. <laughs> uh, long story yeah. short, Siege is like, uh, yeah, it's pretty nice, but we're all sorts of fucked. <laughs> yeah. it's, all, it's all fucked, mate. It's all there's fucked. A, there is a beauty, but it's hidden behind many vines and many treacheries of darkness uh, and sadness. It's exhausting trying to have fun in that game. <laughs> Jacob, what we got for time? How, how long has it gone? We're close to two hours. Holy two shit, hours okay. fuck me dude yeah, yeah. kyle <laughs> i got hella debated in this by the way i'd like to air my grievances real quick all right so i had mentioned to mellow and i still i i had to reschedule my my teaching appointment because i have a i i scheduled a teaching yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at 8 p.m my time it you could have left and so and uh so i mellow knew and he's like wait kyle jump in here real quick he has something to talk to you about 432 and then boom you fucking hooked me with 432 <laughs> we had a guy who talks about philosophy and you know the social institution and then i just i can't and then siege i have to i can't walk away from it man i can't walk away from it i don't have the self-control to fucking walk away oh hey, man, that's know. on you I that didn't ain't know on me that i was a part of this i didn't know i was a part i didn't of even no, know that i was a part of this you can plead ignorance a- josh but maybe i, I did do. but it was on but accident I, but there's a there's a Oh, it wasn't a. It was a slight smile. I thought you sent me a smirk, <laughs> as like a gotcha, bitch. No, um, it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't do that on purpose. You did I, get him though. By I the way, though, him. I I started working on comedy again. You did. <laughs> yeah, you I did. Started. Okay, okay. So the response Derek had to I and, I legit to... thought it was the funniest thing ever dude I was laughing my ass off okay. hearing about that No I had I had the same response though like like I could tell you had a really good cadence and you had a really good way of telling the story about your stand up and Right the stand go ahead it was you were doing comedy you were doing you know yeah, yeah, I was doing the things. <laughs> you were doing the thing, and you did it really well. And Derek, you know, he, I mean, he proved it with a he took a it verbatim, audience, dude. But... Like, what the? F- but the what I did <laughs> is the jokes that I've written previously weren't very hard hitting. I have a problem um, with a punchline, with hard punchlines, 
and then moving transitioning to a new joke you know and the mm. build-ups you know it's it's basically all factors of comedy that i had to like kind of get into but i eventually because because he said that i was like well i gotta have something there's got to be something here then huh and so <laughs> then i went back to the drawing board and revamped some comedy and i was gonna perform it on tiktok but tiktok's gonna go bye-bye so what? um yeah they're gonna ban it in the u.s apparently they're thinking Why? about it's it. It's a, a Chinese thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Chinese-owned yeah. app, and I think it's I think it's pretty public knowledge that they do sell data, and yeah, it's not it's not looking good for the case of TikTok. That's for sure. Yeah, thank yeah, God well, I don't give a shit. It's pretty public like knowledge that Facebook does too, and Facebook shares data with the U.S. It's it government. is different though. So it's, it's different like, because it's Chinese. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a foreign it's a foreign government. Whatever. Not but, any foreign government. I, I don't. It's, China. Okay, so here's here's the one thing, and I don't want to dive into this because we're already a two hour episode. Holy fuck! Yeah, but, I can only upload a certain file size. But this, to the, <laughs> you might well, have to edit this down. Somebody somebody reverse engineered TikTok and compared it to different applications, popular applications, Twitter, Facebook, right? And the connections that it made were looked more malicious, and they made more connections than those popular apps did, right? Because the common argument is. Oh, well, all the apps share data. All the apps use my data, right? But mm-hmm. the difference was the amount of connections it was making with TikTok looked more malicious than the other applications, and it made more of them. So mm. it's it's like Facebook, yes, it uses your information. Obviously, it sells it out to you know advertising companies so it can promote whatever you're you're looking at, right? Okay, but, but then, like like what about what about in addition, which you know, I wonder whether they, they count this, but in addition, the data that is shared with the U.S. government, like right, and they, that shit, like the, the, the Snowden. And they went through a whole fucking fiasco, didn't they, Facebook? They nearly yeah. looked, and yeah. It looked really bad for Facebook. It looked like Facebook was about to be fucking canceled. Mm-hmm. Like, the internet was on the Zuck, dude. The and, there's, Zuck. and him drinking that fucking water, and that's still a meme today. <laughs> so that, but that was in a U.S controlled environment right from a u.s company wait ready you watch yeah now imagine that where u.s jurisdiction doesn't matter because it's chinese based right yeah so like uh-huh. if facebook was nearly canceled and went all the way to supreme court you can't do that with tiktok and other company other countries have already started banning it so now the u.s is under political pressure to follow its allies and follow Absolutely. other countries and ban it or else if things go haywire and TikTok is doing malicious things to people's data. We just look like fucking idiots. You yeah. know, we're all See, we already look is, like fucking is... idiots. Okay, little... I would I would like to have another conversation. Still comes into the shitter on on your guys's <laughs> podcast. If if I'd be welcome back sometime, living in I'm sure talk about absolutely different things, but um... living in an authoritarian dystopia, somehow convincing the people it's still a democracy. Jesus, <laughs> exactly, but. But oh, I forget whatever the fuck I was talking about. But but <laughs> but but this was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I thanks I've got to go to bed. Thanks but, for talking, man. Yeah, um, it, it was it was so productive. So honestly. it's so yeah. good to have these conversations, and and you know, just you know the other ones besides. It's great, and you guys are great. Um, oh man, you're not even drunk, and you hit the "I love you, man" stage. Um, <sighs> But uh, Joshua is a loving person. Hey, anything wrong with that? I'm sure we have much more to talk about. 
Um, but for now, thank you guys very much for listening to this extended edition of whatever the fuck of a bunch of guys going through quarter life crisis crises apparently. Oh, dude. Um, yeah. uh, Mr. Mello, obviously you can find Mello at uh, Spotify uh, Mello's Mello's Vault, and we've also apparently branched out to other platforms. Are going to be? We're going to be. I. All right. I, I, okay. I, I just wasn't sure. And then. Yeah, and then Mello obviously wants to thank your neighbors, right? Your neighbors. Yep. Your neighbors for letting us use their music. You can find your neighbors on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, or wherever you get your music services. Oh, yeah, cool band. It's really good. I I'll have to ask you later how how you landed that. Ooh, it's a really uninteresting story. Um, (laughs) Steve is Uh, actually here. He just you know hasn't spoken the entire time. Um, Steve's been playing Siege the whole time. And uh, <laughs> but he didn't want to enter with he's in the bathtub. Um, you can find I don't know Josh if you have any social media you would like to plug and whether people can find you. I doubt it. Yeah, right? you you can. Well, I mean, you can follow me at launched jy twenty on Twitter if you want. I I don't have much on there. You can't really get any good idea of who I am from there. But <laughs> if people follow me, I might post more, which All I don't right. mind. Well, you can yeah. definitely find his Twitter, and apparently you cannot stalk him from it. And no. you can obviously find me at my Twitch, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Professor Wumbo. It's all one word. I did recently branch out to Twitter. So if you, just, you go to my stream, you should be able to find my other socials. Uh, so thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of Mellow's Podcast, Mellow's Vault. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next week. Toodles. Bye-bye.